It's time once again for our wine chat at 745 with our friend Jack Farrell from Haskell's. Good morning, Jack. Hello, Denny. How are things uh, there at Haskell's today? Couldn't be better. We're in the midst of our fabulous spring sale, and uh, things are humming along just beautifully. I've been perusing that. in their cellar. Yes, I've been doing the same thing, looking at that great uh, catalog. Yeah, that's You know, it reminds me a little bit of looking when I was a little boy at the Sears catalog. (laughs) Yes. To figure out what toys they wanted for Christmas. I wanted to tell you, you probably heard this before, but a friend of mine posted a, uh, you know, it's like how some restaurants, casual restaurants, have like chalkboards out in front with, you know, specials and whatnot. But this, this, I had to write it down because it said, if you have to choose between drinking wine every day or being skinny, which would you choose, red or white? (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I do too. I love it. You know what I thought we'd talk about today? Someone was asking me at a wine tasting this week about Malbec. And I thought, you know, I've never ever talked a little. uh, We've mentioned Malbec many times because it's my go-to wine for barbecue because I don't think there's a red wine made that goes better with the sweet and spicy taste of barbecue sauce better than Malbec does. I mean, it's just a marriage made in heaven. But Malbec is is more than just a wine to have with barbecued ribs. You know, Malbec is kind of the signature wine of Argentina. And Argentina really saved Malbec for the whole world. Uh, uh, Many, many years ago, the mayor of uh, Mendoza, and incidentally, uh, before I leave Mendoza, anybody gets the opportunity to go there. It's a fabulous colonial town in out in Argentina and beautiful old colonial buildings uh everything there you know it's kind of a desert but there's so much runoff from the Andes mountains and they channel that water that runs off even to watering the trees in in downtown Mendoza it's just fascinating to see their irrigation things uh, in the dry area, they irrigate the vines, etc. And it's just a beautiful colonial place, fabulous place to visit. Uh, you'll enjoy it. They have wine tours, etc. It's like stepping back in time because of the colonial atmosphere. The food is very good and the wines are superb. So that's enough about Mendoza. If you get a chance to go there, go there. You won't be disappointed. It is beautiful. And in Mendoza, they have about almost 30,000 acres of uh, Malbec wine planted there. The mayor of Mendoza, in, back in 1868, sent a minister, his sort of the mayor had an agricultural department for the city, and sent the minister of that department to France to bring back some grapevines. And he brought back Malbec. Now, Malbec was used as a blending grape in Bordeaux for thousands of years. But in 1956, there was a horrible frost, and it wiped out about 80% of the Malbec, because Malbec's very sensitive to cold weather uh, in Bordeaux. And so Cabernet Franc and Merlot became the principal blending types in Bordeaux. And while there was still a little Malbec around, it really didn't, uh, count for anything except in the little town of Cahors, and more about that later. Meanwhile, they're planting Malbec because it's thriving in Mendoza. Malbec is uh, needs a lot of sun. 
and it has thin-skinned grapes that ripen early, and very small berries, and it loves heights. Uh, so uh, that area of Mendoza was a perfect place to plant all this Malbec, and the Argentines discovered they liked it a lot better than Cabernet and Merlot and other grape types that were planted around Mendoza, and they really went into this one varietal. And as I said, they sort of saved uh, Malbec for the entire world. But the Malbecs are different clones. You know, I, I mentioned Cahors. Cahors is an area in South France, and the black wine of Cahors, Cahors wine, is Malbec. And it's so different than Argentinian Malbec, you would swear they weren't even related, but it's the same grape type. In Argentine, the fruit flavors in Argentinian Malbec are kind of blackberry, black cherry, a little chocolate, cocoa maybe, a violet, a little leather in the aftertaste, even some tobacco, where Cahors is a very intense, black, bitter, almost started green flavor when you first sip it. And it has a very high acidity and quite a pepper and spice finish. It takes age beautifully, whereas Malbec's uh, from Argentina, uh, not so much. I mean, you can have a, a Malbec that's 8 or 10 years old. But in Cahors, you really want it to be 8 or 10 years old because the wine doesn't come into its own until then. And Malbec is a wonderful alternate for high-priced Cabernet or high-priced Syrah. It's just a accessible wine. And as I said, it's thin-skinned, it's sensitive, uh, and it's sensitive to mold and disease. And as I said, frost wiped out the crop in 1956 in Bordeaux. But there's none of those problems in Mendoza. So it loved its new home and grew well at uh, heights. There's a grower in Mendoza called Nicholas Catina, and he's sort of, in my opinion, the Bob Mondavi of Argentina, certainly the Bob Mondavi of Mendoza. He's got a fabulous vineyard there. In fact, he modeled it after a Mayan Indian temple, and it's uh, the winery, and the winery is just state-of-the-art, and the Catina Institute has sponsored all kinds of studies on Malbec, grape, etc., even at Davis in California. So uh, this Nicholas Catina set up uh, to prove that Malbec could become a world-class wine, which, of course, it has, and he's done it. And as I said, I sort of liken him to Bob Mondavi. Uh, he's done for Argentinian wine what Bob Mondavi did in the late 60s and early 70s for California wine. He felt they were making world-class wine, and they weren't getting world-class attention. And Catina has done the same thing in Argentina. And uh, hats off to him for all the work he's done. And today... Foreign winemakers are just pouring into Argentina to grow Malbec grapes there. Uh, you've got people from France, uh, Italy, um, the United States, of course, and even places like Chile and Australia are putting financial assets to work in Mendoza and in Argentina to explore the possibilities of Malbec. Malbec is a difficult grape because in France it has so many names. Its most popular name is Cot, C-O-T. And, uh, so you're, and, and as I said, the wines are so vastly different when you take the wines of Cahors, where all the red wine is Malbec, 
and you take the wines of Argentina, even the berries are a little different. Although they're the same grape, it's uh, obvious that there were vastly different clones used in these things to produce such different uh, wines, finished wines. You know, as I said, uh, Malbec is one of the five blending grapes allowed in Bordeaux, and it has, I think, a wonderful uh, complex flavor that you, it makes it good for food pairing. Uh, the meat pairings that you can do with Malbec are just wonderful. It goes well with any beef, a duck, dark meat of chicken, for example, chicken thighs or legs. Lamb is very good with it. And I even like it with bison. I think it's terrific. And the spices that go well with Malbec would be smoky-flavored spices, such as rosemary, smoked paprika, black pepper, oregano, and, of course, barbecue sauce. You can't beat the marriage of Malbec and barbecue sauce. They just go very, very well together. You know, there's often a little flavor of vanilla that you get in Malbec wines. And you might get a wood characteristic, but very few Malbecs spend very much time in wood. Uh, but the, if you've never tasted a Malbec, believe me, you owe it to yourself to go out and try one because the wines themselves are really quite remarkable. And uh, as I said earlier, if you had all the money in the world and you were pairing a wine uh, with, say, barbecue sauce, I don't think you could do any better than Malbec. And everybody has taken up the banner. You know, Malbec is now planted in Washington State and Oregon and California, etc. I don't think it'll ever, ever be as good anywhere as it is in Argentina because it, it just found a home there and does so well there. And, and in, as I said, it's a sensitive grape type. It's not an easy grape to grow. You know, Cabernet is probably one of the easiest, and so is Merlot, to grow. Uh, Pinot Noir is a little more finicky, and Malbec is really finicky, and it loves height. Uh, Katina is growing Malbec at 8,000 feet, which is, I think, if I'm not mistaken, the highest level grapevines are grown anywhere in the world. He's growing up in the Andes, in the still in the foothills at uh, 8,000 feet. But uh, he's got vineyards up there, and he's producing just all sorts of wonderful wine. So if you get an opportunity, try a little Malbec. I don't think you'll be disappointed. And then you certainly should try it with a barbecue sauce because I think you'll be so pleased. It's definitely a marriage made in heaven. And, of course, one of my favorite Malbecs is the Gary Bay, which is owned by French interest. The Rothschild family owns a Gary Bay from Mendoza, a fabulous vineyard. And Katina's wines are also fabulous and worth seeking out. A lot of these wines are 90, 95-point wines, and they're under $25. So uh, Malbec is a, a, a go-to varietal that deserves more attention than it's getting. And somebody sent a text just now, uh, Jack. How do you spell Malbec? Is it M-A-L-B-E-C? M-A-L-B-E-C. Yes, Malbec. I've had that Katana. That's good stuff. Oh, the Katana, I think, is one of the better ones. That yeah. Gary Bay is a little less expensive, and it's almost as good as Katina that uh, Nathan Rothschild uh, poured millions and millions of dollars into that at Gary Bay Vineyard. Uh, and, the, and, of course, the results are, are at hand. And as I said, they're coming from all over. It, 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 it says something when the Chile, who, Chileans, 
who are very proprietary about their wine, are now looking to grow Malbec. Wow. And I think they've got about 4,000 acres planted of Malbec now in Chile. Well, this is an exciting time to get to Haskell's. Look through that brochure. You're going to find all sorts of goodies there. And, Indeed. Yes, the anyone. Has, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Indeed, the folks at Haskell's love to talk about wine. They love to pair wine. Just tell them what you're going to fix and let them go to town, and I'll tell you, they can't cook the meal, but they can make the meal very special by ensuring that the wine that you've chosen or they've helped you pick out is going to go just perfectly with whatever you're preparing. There's a Haskell's near you where you can save big dollars on wine. Uh, Haskell's in Bloomington, Chanhassen. There's a Haskell's in Excelsior. In Faribault, right off of 35, our super seller up in Maple Grove is not to be missed. There's free parking in downtown Minneapolis on Saturday and Sunday. Haskell's at Ridgedale, of course. Haskell's in Plymouth, St. Paul's Highland Village, Stillwater, White Bear Lake, and Woodbury, too. And if you can't come into Haskell's, go to Haskell's.com or WCCO.com slash wine. It'll take you right to the Haskell's website where you can peruse our spring 24-page catalog. And believe me. We have lots and lots of wines on sale, including over 20 Malbecs for you to choose from that are on sale. Good deal. Jack, let's talk one week from today. I'm going to look forward to it. Thank you, Jack. Jack Farrell from Haskell.